1: All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti got good friend David Salas with me again. Hello. David, hi, hey, <laughs> um, and uh, we we've started a little um, uh, tradition. Um, Talking about great men, yeah, Um, and uh, it's it started with a conversation where we wanted to talk about great men. We ended up talking about the greatest man, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, But uh, but we followed up with that and and and, uh, had a great conversation about some great men. You and I are both readers. Yes, Um, we love to explore um, the written word, and and um, you know, for for me, it's it's actually um, I, I remember somebody called it historical discipleship. Um, oh interesting it's very, right it's kind of a, a way for us to um be discipled by mm-hmm, the great mm-hmm. men that have gone before us but yet yeah. we, we can't be there we can't meet them and so we read their works um and so uh last time we chatted uh we talked about um six great men you started with c.s lewis i went to william wilberforce um you did um adder wait how do you adoniram say it? Judson. adoniram judson mm-hmm. right he's american missionary to india um, i went to frederick Douglass. Um, you did Winston Churchill, uh, and I did John Quincy Adams. And so we're gonna we're gonna dive into a couple more. And the reason that we're doing this is uh, today should be uh, when we release this January sixteenth, which mm-hmm. is the um, the holiday that we observe. The birthday for martin luther king jr Um, it is not his official birthday apparently um, but it's the day we observe it Um, it is the birthday of my father-in-law bud snyder who was a great man and i would tell you all about him but it would take our entire time Um, but he passed away um, about 13 14 years ago um, and i could i could have i could fill up a whole show and what a what a great man uh, this farm boy from wyoming who grew up playing football and wrestling um, you know married a great girl from wyoming moved down to texas had four Uh, Incredible kids, and I got to marry his daughter, the second daughter, um, the third of the four. Uh, And I got to experience um, just his greatness as a man in his later life. But I'm telling you, uh, anybody who knew Bud has stories upon stories upon stories um, about Bud Snyder. So, um, anyway, just uh, um, uh, it was a day that I looked at it and I said, Hey, this would be a great day uh, to get together with David again and (laughs) talk about great men because it's kind of on my mind. Um, We talked about just MLK, and uh, for those of you, um, you know who are who are thinking. You know, well, you know what was special about MLK? If you missed, um, you know, kind of American history. There's a great book called um, Kennedy and King, uh, and it's about the rise, right, of President Kennedy to power at the same time that um, Martin Luther King basically kind of became the uh, the symbol, the face, the leader, right, of the civil rights movement in America in the 19 you know 50s and 60s. And it was a fascinating read, um, just about how important. King was in influencing Kennedy's view hmm. um, that racial uh, issues were important, right? And remember, you know, Kennedy is a you know Irish white guy from Boston, um, not interested in you know racial issues. And, and in the book, they kind of you know explore that. But yet, um, King kind of captured um, his heart, um, and he saw a lot of things you know that that uh, were happening in America at the time, and uh, became so um, impassioned by it that actually, after even after he was assassinated. Um, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson um, signed, basically took over the reign from Kennedy and ended up signing the 1964 Civil Rights Bill. Kind of as a tribute to the passion that Kennedy had for this, and so kind of a fascinating thing. If you've never been to Washington D.C. and walked around and seen the MLK uh, Memorial, um, it is a fascinating. Uh, Everything done in DC uh, is so well done, (laughs) Um, but it's a, it's a really, really great, um, you know, display and they have a number of his um, incredible quotes. He's um, he's known um, primarily probably for his, I have a dream speech that he did on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, uh, which is fantastic. Some great, great quotes from that. All right. You know, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Right. I mean, just my goodness. oh, it's I mean, it's poetic, it's beautiful. Um, one of his, uh, my favorite lines that he said, he said, "The time is always right to do what is right." Oh my goodness! And yeah, it's like, yep, that's <laughs> you know, that, that, yeah. that transcends right, just the the racial you know reconciliation concept and you know racial inequality to anything. Um, but uh, um, interesting, another one I, I loved. He said, "Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others?" Wow. And I just love that, right? Some very thoughtful things, from some very poignant things. Um, and uh, and anytime we talk about, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, two or three um, great men that you and I uh, both appreciate. Um, but anytime we talk about great men, um, I think one of the things that we also have to have as a disclaimer um, is these are not perfect men. No, and for sure. So, um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if I mentioned a great man, mm-hmm. uh, there may have been things that you could dig up in his past and say, "Hey, yeah. wait, did you know about this? And did you mm-hmm. know about this?" And mm-hmm. the answer is yes. Um, and we choose to focus on the great qualities that they had. And I'm reminded of this. I'm teaching First um, and Second Samuel, the life of David and Saul. Where we are teaching, Saul has just died, mm. um, and say David does this incredible. Uh, it's in Second Samuel chapter one and two. Does this incredible tribute to Saul? Mm. And if you read about Saul, There's by any n- stretch of the imagination, not much to tribute. Exactly. Not much to tribute. He's but a terrible da- spear thrower for one. He, <laughs> and he can't even play his own music. It's like, it's brings in some kid to play music. Like, hey, learn your own. Um, but David does a great tribute to Saul and to Jonathan. Um, you know, Oh, how, how the mighty have fallen mm. is used three yeah. times. That's where we get that phrase from. Um, but he he doesn't focus on Saul's shortcomings. He doesn't focus on Saul's um, failures. He doesn't focus on the end of Saul's life, no. where Saul ends up taking his own life. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think in, in certain things, it's important for us to realize that um, you know that we understand that all men have failures, mm-hmm. um, but we don't always have to focus on the the failures of That's those correct. men. Right? I
2: have this. I have this. Um this idea of of how to picture this right to me greatness just like inspiration um these are things that come from the lord yeah they're they're divine and so the way that i picture these moments of greatness or these flashes of brilliance are are they're the places where the person stepped out of the way and let god shine through i like that right so it's not really you're not looking at them you're looking at where they got out of the way yeah and, uh, the more
1: yeah. we can get out of the way, right? Exactly. When John says I must decrease so he can increase, exactly. that's the concept, exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And it, there's this. Me- there are these meta truths, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the Christian walk. Um, of course, Scripture and and the salvation and and all of the sanctification process. But there are these meta truths that I think a lot of these these great thinkers um, touch on. Like they hop, they get to, and they touch it. And they come away, and one of them is that 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 their brilliance comes from somewhere else. And um, I like that second quote you did by mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr., which was the one about um, the time
1: is always the time. Right yes, to do what is right.
2: The time is always right to do what is right. That is the quintessential Christian principle. Yeah. Christianity is about what you are doing right now mm-hmm. with right and wrong. Is it a step towards God or is it a step away from God? Yeah. And so many. And that that's that's a meta meta concept. Amen. And MLK said it in that way. G.K. Chesterton, who I'm going to read. I have a quote that's completely different words, but that says the same thing. So cool. It's about right now. What are you doing? Is it right? Is it wrong? And is it taking you towards the flavor of heaven or the flavor of hell? Mm. Anyway, so good. I took you off. I took so you good. off your your. Um, please, please continue. Yeah, me.
1: no, it's it's good. So <laughs> we're um, we're gonna we're gonna dive in, and I'll, I'll let you go first. So. Um... You know, we're, we're going to hopefully get through as many as we can. Sure, yeah. Um, both, of, both of us talk too much and, uh, and have too many things to say. Uh, so for, the, for those who are listening, they're like, how long is this going to be, right? I'm only going to be on the treadmill for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, so we'll try <laughs> to keep it short, and we won't run you into the ground. So, uh, David, um, from those first three that we started with, who would you like to add to your list of great men?
2: From those first three of last time? Yes. Uh, so many, but... Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want to go on another rabbit trail so bad, but oh, we'll, I'll go to Chesterton first. Okay. Chesterton would be my, um, um, I'm, on a, I'm on a Chesterton push right now. Yes. He's written a lot of very good things. And um, one thing I particularly like about him is that he was not a graduate. Okay. He was, he was an arts student who uh, was um, asked to, to write something about a piece of art in a journal for art. And he wrote the article, and they were like, "This is good stuff." This is good stuff. And he just he he became like a journalist. <laughs> wow. He became a, a journalist. He yeah, wrote gift, thousands, gift and thousands. for writing. Yeah. So so talented, and his um, his overview of life was very very good, and okay. the way he tied all these things together. And again, it's always about he always he has these principles where he talks about how the real joy in in study is finding truth, and truth is where you find the happiness in anything you're you're doing and and then the application of that truth right yeah. and being willing to live that out and he's he's so colorful in his language. I have oh, a couple well, quotes. Well for from... those
1: who don't know the name Chesterton. Ooh, I give, should probably a short little bio.
2: Oh, so Chesterton he's um, end of the 19th century so that's 1870 I think somewhere in the, eight, the late 1800s mm-hmm. um, to the um, I'd say the first third of the ninth oh, the twentieth century, so nineteen something. Um, he was a um, a writer. He was Catholic, but he was a strong. He was the guy who basically went up against all the intellectuals of his time mm-hmm. who were very, very anti God. All yeah. the sort of socialist, neo communist. Um, you you talk about H. G. Wells. You talk about any of these guys of that time period who were sort of establishing the narrative of where culture should go. I believe that the term utopianism, the, a, utopia, a utopia came from that time period, which yeah. literally means the place that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, all of those ideas of a better world without God and the Superman who could come and save us and how mankind is evolving into this thing. G.K. Chesterton flew in the face of that. Yes. With, with talent and humor and wit and he debated all of these guys, mm-hmm. both on paper and in person, and they all loved him because he did it with, with kindness and humor in such a way. And um, most of those guys, even, well, they said after he died that he was the, the most least well-known person. Like he should have sure. been so much more yeah. known. And so I do recommend, if, no one, if you haven't read Chesterton, um, read something like, um, I'm sure you've read, mm-hmm. um, I would suggest orthodoxy.
1: Yeah, heretics and uh, orthodoxy. Oh, herith- heretics. A lot of them put those two together.
2: Yeah, and they're they're just great. Yeah. And orthodoxy they give you this they give you this outside of your time view of uh religion, but it but they also give you this idea, this appreciation for the fact that there is nothing new under the sun. Yes. There is it's going to be the same problem that you had in at the turn of the 19th to the 20th century that we're having here at the turn of the 20th to the 21st. He also became – he has this principle that I believe is in f- uh, philosophy called Chesterton's Fence. Are you familiar with that? I am not. So Chesterton's Fence is this idea of if you go to a, a new place and you see a fence um, do you and you don't see the purpose of this fence and it's in your way, do you tear it down? And his principle was before you tear down any fence, you have to find out why it was put there. There you go. And that's a principle that's um, it's everywhere. And, and basically, it's the opposite of what we're doing today okay. in, in the world, which yeah. is, you know, I don't know why that's there. Tear it down. I don't see why it's there. It's Tartone. in my way. Please. Get rid of it. Yeah. No one's stopping to say, why was that put there in the first place? Yeah. Or anything like that. So
1: That's a great point. Yeah. Excellent. So that's so, Chesterton. Yeah. So read read us something by Chesterton.
2: Okay. I'll read you a couple. I am. I, um, I have so many Chesterton quotes. If you, could, if you
1: could only see right the uh, the eighteen volumes of books that David drug <laughs> in here that are all by Chesterton.
2: <laughs> ah, man! I, I thankfully I've I've digitized. But I, know. I do. He sees he sees me scrolling through like page after page here. So funny. Let me let me read you a couple that, that um. Yes, give us, give us so a flavor good. for the man. So here's a, here's one that gives you a real flavor for the man, the riddles of God. Mm are more satisfying than the solutions of men.
1: Amen. Love it.
2: He has oh man so many like that. But here's here's a here's one that should really go deep for for me as a man. Um this I really like this one. Um the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Amen.
1: So that's yeah. Up. You have to you have to really let it sink in yeah. for a second and you're like, "Whoa, that's really deep. That's very profound."
2: I'm going to read it again. Yes. The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Yeah.
1: So true. You know, one of the things I love about Chesterton too is um, he wrote across a uh, a lot of genres. Oh yes. Uh, so he wrote, you know, mysteries. Mm-hmm. He wrote, um, in a sense, kind of like a comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, but just so many different things. When you when you go, you know, what's your favorite kind of Chesterton? It's oh, like boy. you got to, yeah, you got to really dig in. Um, and so uh, he's a great read um he has wit and humor so
2: much and caustic wit yes and i, I was
1: gonna say and it, it, it's almost like you have to like would he did he really say that? yes like, exactly he, like, it, that's the guy who's my guy and he really said that it's like yeah you really have to pay attention to him because he can he can definitely know how to shoot some arrows to get you know to, to get a point across so um great great re, uh, great author great man um, was involved, obviously, you know, at the same time around the life of C.S. Lewis, and so yeah, a lot of people yeah. kind of put those two in a you know a similar box.
2: Lewis did; he was definitely an influencer for yeah. Lewis, and yeah. some people say that it was a book he wrote that was the final thing that got Lewis
1: safe. Oh, interesting!
2: I mean, I I only found this out yesterday, and I was like, really? really? I thought yeah. I thought it was Tolkien, and and but you know. It was so interesting. C.S. Lewis's journey to salvation is, I love it. I love it. Can I read two more quotes? Yep. I'll keep them short. Uh, One will, the the last one will be definitely one that you're like, what? Did he really? But it's just so apropos for today. But this is another good one that he said. He said, um, to have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing Mm -hmm. it. Let that sink in. Love it. Next time you... Feel like going out and, um, yeah, yeah, (laughs) to have the right to do a thing is not the same. The other one I want to, it's in my notable quote, so I'm give me one second to pull it up. I have too many subfolders. It's about science. Okay, here we go. Science in the modern world has many uses, its chief use, however. Is to provide long words to cover the errors of the rich.
1: <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's <laughs> it's,
2: I, say it again. I'm going to read it again. Science in the modern world has many uses. Its chief use, however, is to provide long words to cover the errors of the rich. That's so
1: good. <laughs> so good.
2: I know. It's spicy. It's spicy. That's um but yeah, if you want something light in Chesterton, if orthodoxy is not where you want to go. Nope. Um you could you could read The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yes. Which is fantastic. Um any of the Father Browns, those are fun. And uh he had this one oh man, I just went blank on what it was called. The one about the two guys who are dueling.
1: Okay. Do you don't remember that, that one. one? No.
2: The atheist and the Christian who are determined to duel because they've both determined that they can't share the same air. And everything in the British court system tries to tell them, are you crazy? You want to duel about whether God is real or not? That's such a dumb thing to duel about. And so the atheist grabs a Christian and says, you're right, Your Honor. We won't. That's a dumb thing to duel about. And he takes them outside. He goes, just come with me. And they just keep going to find a place where they can actually duel over whether it's worth. And so it's a beautiful concept of, is it worth putting your life down for a principle? Uh. It's a great read. That's a great read. It's a great read. That's a great read. I'm sorry. So no,
1: I've got a bunch of G.K. Uh, Chesterton quotes, too. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> one of the ones that always stuck with me, he said, um, this triangle of truisms, father, mother, and child, cannot be destroyed. It can only destroy those civilizations which disregard it. Oh. And so just kind of that idea of, I, I look at our civilization, how we're trying to get rid of father mother, child. We're trying to do parental units. We're getting rid of um, gender, um, mm-hmm. that whole concept. And he's just like, you can't get rid of those things, but you can destroy your civilization when you don't recognize the way that God yep. has created the world. Yep. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, he, <laughs> he spoke to those That's things. That's right on. He also has one um, that was about um, being wealthy uh, which, which, oh, yes, it's yes. just kind of the concept mm-hmm. of um, how dry and crusty do you have to be mm-hmm. to really want money, yes. So it's a, well, it's a, great well, he quote. says,
2: he's, I believe there's a quote, um, I can't remember it verbatim and I haven't written it down, but it was something to the lines of, you will never get a extremely rich person yes. to truly to give, truly, yes,
1: because yep. that's
2: it, because if they give of themselves, it, no, because if they give of their money, they are, they're not giving of who they really are, yep. and, Usually, for them to have that kind of money, it requires a certain way of thinking. Amen. I'm sorry. But, that's not verbatim nope, at all. No, but that's that's the idea. Chesterton said it way better. Yes, he did.
1: <laughs> all right. So there's, there's our first. Um, mm-hmm. My first um, is a guy named Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Oh, man. Uh, I'm a huge Spurgeon fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people... Um, you know, kind of ask me about my theology. I kind of just like, you know, I I try not to fall into different camps. Um, I just go kind of what, whatever Spurgeon believed, I kind of believe, (laughs) I don't, I don't know where that puts me. Uh Um, I know he was Baptist. I didn't grow up Baptist. Mm. Um, but I'm kind of like, you know, whatever Mm. Spurgeon was, um, he was an incredible, he was known as the Prince of preachers, uh, incredible pastor, but there's a bunch of things that I didn't know about him. Okay. Um, that I've learned over the years. One, um, One time when he was preaching, um, somebody yelled fire in the a place where he was preaching and there was a large um, exodus and people mm-hmm. got trampled and several people died. Um, he went into a dark depression after that because oh, he felt like man. Um, that it was his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Um, he ended up paying for um, the rebuilding or the building of um, what they call the metropolitan, um, you know, um, yeah, the, the, cathedral, the church. The, yeah, he, yeah. he paid for that out of his own salary hmm. um, because he wrote and, and was so popular in selling books and different things like that, um, that, you know, the salary that he took from the church you know, didn't pay for anything and they needed to expand it. And so he just paid for it himself. That's I'm so awesome. sh- I love that. I was like, this is so cool. Um, uh, but uh, uh, the other thing was um, he has a line uh, and I couldn't find it specifically, but they, um, they used to take the, the preacher, uh, and they would walk up into the vestibule, the, yeah. the place where they would yeah. preach. Yeah. Um, and his statement about his mindset as he elevated himself physically to this place of prominence was always basically the concept of, okay, I'm about to walk up these steps, um, but it's not me that I want the people to see, it's Christ. Yeah. So even though physically I'm going to elevate myself, spiritually I'm going to simply point people to Christ. And yeah. so he took that position, that physical position, and he used it as a spiritual metaphor to remind himself Right as we said earlier, you know that that God must increase and I must decrease, yeah. but He has to physically walk up there mm-hmm. so that He can be in a, a position of prominence. But it's not Him that's in the position; it's actually Him speaking the words of God. Right, and He took that very seriously that that concept. So uh, I always I always think about that with uh, with Spurgeon. Um, but if anybody's ever read um, <clears throat> any Spurgeon, um, he has a way of. Um, Articulating things, just writing things that are um, that t- to me reminded me of Puritan writers. Um, yeah, very poetical, mm-hmm. very imagery based. Um, I, I just I love right um, just how he writes, uh, and so um, I haven't read many of his books. I think morning, um, morning, morning and evening, evening. is. is Right, one that everybody's, read. I have not read that. Um, have, i have read uh, most of his sermons when I go back really? to really, right? Just, I, you know, I just, I'll, wow. I'll, if I want to find something, I'll just, you know, do a search for a, a Spurgeon sermon on mm-hmm. whatever topic or whatever verse, pull it up and I'll read that. And, uh, and I love it. I mean, they're just, they're, they're great reads. Um, I think he was a great man, um, who had a, a tremendous influence in the spiritual life, um, you know, of England, but really even across the seas over here in America oh, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, Charles Haddon Spurgeon would be my next great man.
2: Do you have a quote from him? Because if Uh, not, I do. Oh yeah. (laughs) What do do you got? I actually was uh, reviewing my quotes for um, my notable quotes for this. And I have a Spurgeon. Oh, let me see. Here we go. This is a little poem by him. Oh, let my trembling soul be still and wait. Thy voice, thy holy will. I cannot Lord thy purpose see yet. All is well. Since ruled
1: by thee, how do you beat that? So good, so good. Yeah, there, there's. There, I, I I have a I have a article or a, you know a document of just quotes that I like, uh-huh. um, and so um, you know I can just pull it up. I, one of the ones I highlighted um, that Spurgeon wrote, he said, "Affliction has slain her thousands, but prosperity her ten
2: thousands. Oh my
1: goodness! <laughs> right, like, ouch. Just oh brutal. man. so he's 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 so good there are so many things that i um I loved about what he wrote um and about what he stood for um he said he said this he said the anvil is not afraid of the hammer, so in a sense when when God wants to do work <laughs> right on you that i mean you should you should let him do the work right just you know that this is this is this is where god you know molds us and shapes us into Amen. the image of his son yeah. He's not afraid of the
0: Such hammer. A
1: great. So anyway, great stuff. Great stuff on on Spurgeon. I would uh, highly recommend, um, you know, people people picking up and reading some Spurgeon. Oh go- yeah. Googling, you know, some sermons by him <laughs> and, and reading it It would be definitely worth the time.
2: And and if and if you're um, at a place where you're looking for uh, some way to do a short devotional, yeah. Morning and evening is is g- really good. Okay. It's like a page. It's like a short, small page morning. Short, small page evening. And I haven't done I haven't done it all the way through, but every time I have, I come out with quotes, and um, you just there's a depth. Yes. There is such a depth to a man so who is pursuing God like that. It's it's almost like taking, uh, it's almost like swimming in deep deep water. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I anyway. love it.
1: Love it. Who's your next guy?
2: So um, CT Stud. Okay. So CT Stud, I like him. So CT Stud is a. Um, he was a very good cricket player in England. Yes, he was one of the one of the top. And i I was trying. I know nothing about American sports, so dear listeners, please don't hate me. Uh, but um, if I were to take a comparison, he'd be like um, like maybe a young Messi in soccer. Okay, who he was like he was set for greatness. Yeah. Set for greatness. He actually went and he won the Ashes, which was the one of the biggest. Um, at rivalries of the of the game of cricket where he they actually flew to australia they played this game and every, every four or 4 6 years they go and they do this thing and it's like this one little jar of ashes things that the things that sports do yeah. right but it was it was a major 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 deal it's still a major deal today when gotcha. you're in england gotcha um i was there for, for one of the ashes and i think the british won that year and it was a great celebration
1: so cool but in any
2: case ct okay. Studd was a very very good cricket player yeah. and um he got saved through his father. Um, and I want to go on a side note with that because you talked about uh, good fathers and I think it's, a, it's an important side note. Um, he got saved through his father and he realized a couple of years later after sort of a wishy-washy youth, okay. he realized through one of his siblings getting sick, wait a minute, what am I doing, right? Mm. And this, someone gave him a tract, an atheist tract, Saying Christianity is not true, blah, blah, blah. Really? And he, but the atheist in it said, if, if Christianity was true, I would spend my entire life doing nothing but telling other people about this. Therefore, I know it's not true. (laughs)
1: because he's right. never seen somebody because he never seen any christians <laughs> doing that.
2: Ouch. So stud, oh. right? He's like on this path to greatness yeah. in the in the sort of
1: And since it is true. And, since it, and yeah, and he it.
2: was like, "Wait, but it is true." Wow. And he Stud was just, I mean, the guy clearly didn't let the light shine through all the time. He yeah. had he had some challenges, but he went to China. He was a missionary in China for 6 years. Then he went to India. He was a missionary in India for I think 6 or 7 years. And he came home to the UK for poor health, and um, he saw a ad saying, cannibals need missionaries. And he was like, that's me. And so he set up a foundation because no missionary organization wanted to hire him because he was too poorly health-wise. Wow. Um, he set up a foundation, and he went to Africa, and he spent 20 years in Africa, and he died in Africa. His wife stayed in um, the England and ran the foundation to support him. Okay. Um, They, for the last 16 years of his life, he only saw her one time Oh wow! in 16 years. And he passed away in Africa and he won many, many multitudes to the Lord. But, but the thing that really I love about him is one, his, some of his quotes are very powerful and some of them I'm sure you'll know when I say them, you're gonna be like, oh, that was him. But, um, but the, the power of a man who just decided I'm going to burn it all for God. It's just it's just convicting, like like it should be. Yep. And if there's something about the Word of God that when you read it, if you don't walk away with some discomfort, I feel like I haven't let it do its true job to me. Yep. And uh C T stud when I whenever I like consider him or sort of reflect on his life, I, I walk away feeling I must do more. I need yeah. to be more. Yeah. So here are some C T some C T studs for y'all. Um, some want to live, you'll know this one, within the sound of a church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Wow.
1: That's good.
2: You, you haven't? I've heard that. That's a good one. Yeah. Here's here's another one that um, um, is probably familiar to many. Only one life twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Amen. And then this one. Let us not glide through this world, then slip quietly into heaven.
1: Ooh, that's good.
2: Without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the field of battle. That's
1: good. That's good. That reminds me, I can't remember who it was that said, um, I went. The devil, to, you know, shaking his boots every time I put my feet on the floor. Oh, right? I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, shoot, you know. Oh, no. He's David's <laughs> up again. Like, here we go. Something bad for the, you know, is going to yeah. happen for the devil. So oh, I boy.
2: love it. I love it. That's great. If you want to read something very short by C.T. Studd. Yeah. Um, he wrote this, This, like, I'd say it's maybe 2,000 words, maybe 3,000 word piece called The Chocolate Soldier. Okay. About how soldiers for Jesus can't be chocolate soldiers that can't handle the heat. Oh, but it's very, I mean, he's like, no holds barred. You yeah. read that and yeah. you're like, oh my goodness, I am a worm. I yeah. must, That's I must right. do
1: more. That's right. I must do more. <laughs> That's awesome. CT Stud. All right, very good. Um, my next one um, is a, uh, a German pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, man. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. a lot of people know the name um, mm-hmm. because. Um, uh, uh, metaxas wrote a, mm-hmm. um, a biography on Bonhoeffer a bunch of people you know read it it's it's a it's a lot to read by the way so if you if you're like hey I want to know a little bit more about Bonhoeffer I'd say go read his books first yeah. because <laughs> Mattaxis's Bonhoeffer's just it's it's a lot it's mm-hmm. a lot to absorb um he he kind of um was famous a little bit um he got arrested um in Germany uh, his brother-in-law was part of an assassination plot where um, brought uh, Dietrich into that he got arrested mm-hmm. Um, I think he ended up getting killed like a month or two before they liberated the camp, um, and so he he ended up losing his life. Um, You know, in Germany, he was in America when the war started and went back to Germany because his thing was, um, I can't go back to my people, right? My homeland and put her back together after the war if I'm not there during it. And so he probably could have avoided all of that, gone back and been a great pastor for many, many years. um, But he ended up losing his life. Uh, Most people know uh, Bonhoeffer because of a book called The Cost of Discipleship. Mm hmm. Which is um, uh, a great read, uh, and most people probably because of this particular quote. Um, and it's it might be a little long, um, but just work with me oh, on no. this one. Um, he writes this. He says, "Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross." grace without jesus christ living and incarnate costly grace is the hidden treasure in the field for the sake of it a man will gladly go and sell all that he has it is the pearl of great price to buy which the merchant will sell all his goods it is the kingly rule of christ for those for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble it is the call of jesus christ at which the at which the disciple leaves his nets and follows him and he's often um, given the quote where he says, um, "When Christ um, calls a man, he bids him come and die." And yes. So, so if you want to, oh, you know, if you want kick in the teeth, um, <laughs> the cost of discipleship, right, uh, is is that book. Um, it is mm-hmm. a fantastic read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a book I've read five or six times. Yeah. Um, and so there, there, are, you know, there are a few Christian books you can go back and read maybe once or twice or whatever. There are, f- there are. Not as many books that I find that you really can digest, you know, many more times than that and just go, wow, I've, you know, I could read this so many, many more times. Uh, I've got one of my sons who's reading it right now and he just, you know, just started it and he's like, oh my goodness, this is, this is insane. It's like, yes, you, you will, you will love Bonhoeffer. Um, What he stands for, who he was, um, the man, um, it's just incredible. So Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the cost of discipleship uh, is a great place to start for him man
2: yeah I feel like a, this is a kick in the teeth morning it me. is and, and it's it's how it should be it's, like it's as... something
1: about those great men mm. that they're great because mm. they've left us um, as you said, right you know with c t Stud, not with a life that was kind of you know plain and simple nope. and manby pamby and no, right they just kind of slipped into heaven these men no. when yeah. they, when they went it was a it was a great loss for us. Uh, here because of what they did and, and who they were and what they stood for. So. Well,
2: it was also a great gain for us because in, in the same way, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, it's, I want to go on that tangent, if that's okay, shortly. Yes. With regards to fathers. Okay. Because C.T. Studd's dad uh, got saved two years before he died. Very rich man. He had made a, a fortune, fortune, and and he got saved. And he spent the last two years of his life really, really eager to get other people into the kingdom. Okay. And he would ride around on horseback through the country to, to sort of try to encourage his friends to come to church in the evening. Oh, come on, guys. Let's, let's go to church. He had <laughs> he would invite preachers to come and lunch with them at home to get his son saved because he had tried to get them saved, and they were like, nah. They were like very good, both of them, super yes. good athletes. Yes. They were like, we have our thing. Yep. You have your thing. And person after person, he just was like after. He would wake them up in the night He'd go into their room and be like hey guys can we talk about your salvation and they would make believe they were asleep like oh my goodness father right he was just after it like nobody's business yeah. and the 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 chain oh actually he was saved at a Moody uh, a oh, Moody really? event right okay yeah so the chain right the chain of Moody yep. to the Moody, father the who only lasted for 2 years and then he passed away yep. and then to um, to get someone like CT Stud who then went and saved like he he affected yeah. like the, the the sporting community in England was, was like to this day, you can say when I was in the UK I mentioned C T stud to people, they're like, Oh yeah, he was he was really I mean his score and they'll do like the baseball thing where yeah. they'll tell you all the like yeah. stats of the person. He's not he's not an unknown. And so the fact that he just left that and just went to follow Jesus, it's a world impact because a dad did what a dad should do, which is be more concerned about the eternal salvation of his children than he was about having the perfect relationship with them even like shaking your key. Imagine going into your kid's room and shaking and waking up at night. Hey, can we talk about your salvation? That's a man who's after it, you know? And, um, the, every time we've met, we've always, your, your father-in-law has always come up. Yeah. There's a, um, I may have mentioned this before. I don't know if I have, but there's a French general called Marshal Foch, who was one of the generals in world war one. And he said, every younger man should know an older man, that he can go to for advice and counsel. Amen. And um, as someone who didn't have a father and had to find or ser- I had to search for father figures, yep. the, the what the dad does is really important. Yes. And um, so for, for our listeners who are maybe not at the age yet where they are fathers, um, remember that when you when you go into that. Your your job as a father is to take your children to Jesus. Yes. That is Pursue that more than being the cool dad who takes them to, to sports or the, even the, like the dad that knows lots of things about the world. Take them to Jesus because that's the only, that's the only thing, guys. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a, that's a good word. I think, I think about um, what happens now, unfortunately, with a lot of fathers is they, um, because of their success, um, they give from what they have to their kids. Um, and so they give money. And they give mm-hmm. you know gifts of this mm-hmm. world, but mm-hmm. what they don't have is a spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. Um, the gift that right it, you know keeps on giving. Uh, when you know when Jesus is uh, you know talking to the woman at the well, right, and you're you're there for water, but you have to keep on coming back, right? And Jesus is like, mm-hmm. if you knew the water I had, right, and you're like, what water are you having? It's like the the well inside you that keeps on springing up. That's different, right? And if you don't have water from that well. Then you can only give your kids water from the well that you have. That's right. And, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people have wells that are really nice and are really deep and they keep on giving their kids these, you know, these great things, but they have to keep on giving them over and over and the over and what day, you, and yeah. what you've done then is you've produced within your child, the desire for more of this temporary water, which unfortunately right, lakes. Right, it, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, it doesn't quench the desire for the eternal mm-hmm. water. It doesn't even compare. No. And, you know, can, and can you imagine if you, you know, you gave your kid a, a bucket and said, hey, there's a well over there. Here's your bucket. You get to go, go you know, Oh, that's awesome. That's great. But I could have given you a well that springs up inside yeah, of you.
2: I could have made you never thirsty. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, 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 much, so much different. And I think, you know, uh, the, the harder part of being a father to point people to Christ yeah. uh, is that they're not, you're not pointing them to you. Right? And that that becomes a pride issue right? yeah. it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about you know the person who actually holds the title mm-hmm. father that mm-hmm. I'm just representing. yeah <laughs> I'm yeah. really, really not yeah um, you know and do you watch you watch the chosen? As yes. Well. Mm-hmm. So, um, not not to ruin it, um, but there's a there's a um, episode, haven't, episode. Haven't seen part three yet. So. Oh, okay. Ooh. That's there's okay. A, there's an care. episode where they focus a little bit on Jesus's father, Joseph.
2: Oh, interesting. And
1: one of the things that he has is he's talking to Jesus. Jesus is a young boy, obviously extra biblical because mm-hmm. we don't have any you know recordings no. of Joseph. Mm-hmm. But he says something like, "I know I'm not like um, the uh, you know your friends. I know I'm, I know I'm not like their father." Mm-hmm. Um, You know, but it's such a privilege for me to get to play this role for you to be your earthly father. Right. And it's just like, that's true for all of us. It really is not, wow. not just for Joseph, right? <laughs> That's so powerful. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. with my four kids, uh-huh. right? I know I'm their earthly father, but I'm not their heavenly just, father, yeah, yeah, right. And so, what a, what a privilege it is for me to mm-hmm. play that very important role of yeah. being able to speak truth into them, right? Of calling and naming them, mm-hmm. right, with the gifts that they've been given that God mm-hmm. has given me eyes to see, um, but then to point them. Right, to ultimately, the
2: ultimate Father, right, to
1: their heavenly yeah. Father, yeah. right, God, who has a purpose and a plan, who has created them for something special and unique, and I get to be a part of that process. Um, but my my whole goal is to point them to God.
2: Yeah, and in tandem with that, we have the um, the challenge of. Sometimes it's it's hard to point your children to God if you know that they're not going to see the the way that you're pointing reflected in your life. Oh, yes. Thank you. Right. And and <laughs> and that's and that almost sometimes I think makes people less eager to share yes. their faith because like, well, if I'm telling my children, hey, be loving, be kind, and then we're driving down the road and, you know, I'm swearing at so and so, or they've never seen me open the Bible or, you know, then it's really hard for me to point them to, to the God that I'm not showing them matters to me. Yes. So it's, it's, hang on. That's, that's really the whole point right there. The the
1: great, the great thing about pointing people to God and you not reflecting it perfectly um, is that it demonstrates your need for God. I don't,
2: I completely I, agree. I, I, I completely am not, I agree. am not
1: God. I've, okay. I've demonstrated that to my kids over and over again. <laughs> and
2: and I, I, I tell my kids that with relish. Like, yes. you know, you're yeah. going to see me make so many oh mistakes. My goodness, yes. The thing that's important to me is that they see my hunger. Yes. I know that I'm a mess and yeah. I know where the fixing of the mess happens. Yeah. And it happens with, with, with the Lord. Yeah. It happens. In, and, and I think that's, that's what you have to show. You don't have to show perfection. You just have to show them you understand where you can get
1: it. And you know what? And for my family, a huge thing um, is humility so that when – uh, when my family calls out, and they love doing it, um, when my family calls out, the the is the mistake, the anger, mm-hmm. that whatever it is, right, mm-hmm. my job is to apologize. Oh, um, mm-hmm. and that's one. It's one thing God will never have to do. <laughs> he never has <laughs> to true. apologize. It's true. Uh, but but their earthly father does. Yeah. Uh, and so I take that as a you know that that humility right that you know poison right it's the only poison for you that's good for you when swallowed. You know, pride. Yeah. Where I take that and I go, okay, so. Um, that that demonstrates to them how great and how superior, right? God is as opposed Amen. to me. Yeah. Um, and so even though just naturally people look up to their fathers, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to be the person that they want to emulate, that they want to look up to. I want to point them to something greater than me, right? Because I will I will fail them, and I will I will not be all that their heart desires because their heart was created for something greater That's than me. Right. I can't fill that void.
2: It it ties us back to to Paul. Yes. Because what we, what I want for my children is that they follow me as I do what? Follow Christ. Follow Christ. If right. The thing that I want you to get from me is the fact that I'm hungry for Jesus Amen. and that I will, Lord willing, always be hungry. Like I, you have to chase after the source, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, there's, that's, I don't know if that's a good place to end, but chasing after the source is, is the thing. And it's, this, we're going back to the, all these great men again. Where does the inspiration come from? What is the source of any light that any of these people on that giant wall of books have? Yeah. It's it's the light of the Lord.
1: Yeah. Well, I like the the word you use, hunger, right? Yes. I, I hunger after, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I love when you know when when you read scripture, it says, um, you know, when God talks about His Word, He says, take it and eat, and eat it. Yeah. Right. Cause that's the great thing is here's the, as we talk about these men, I hope that somebody out there is going, I've never heard of that person. I want to know mm. more about them. And I mm. hope they pick up their book and they read mm-hmm. it. But ultimately I hope that as a person is sitting here listening to us, that they would say, I want to know more about the greatest man. Amen. I want to know more about yeah. God and who yeah. he is and who I'm supposed to be. And the place that we find that is in the mm-hmm. word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's where God says, yeah, you, you want to know more, right? Mm-hmm. Take it up and eat it. Like mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a, a morsel mm-hmm. right? that you would put in your mouth, right? The word of God is something that you take and you chew on and mm-hmm. you uh, allow to just um, digest in your life right? And give you the nutrients that you can take and live life through, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's my understanding of who I am and who God is, is because of I've seen it in his word. And that's what makes sense Amen. to me with the world around me. And I yeah. haven't found anything in God's word um, that's not true. I haven't found anything in God's word that doesn't make sense, even in today, 2023. I know. Right? I'm reading mm-hmm. this book that was written thousands of years ago, and it's like it was written today. And so what a, what a great thing. So uh, we've got other great men that we can so bring up at, a, yeah. Yeah, at another time. Um, so we only got through about four of them today. <laughs> um, but uh, I always love the rabbit trails with you and, and, and the conversation and kind of the encouragement and the challenge for our young men, hopefully to be reading. I hope yes. that's one of the things that they take mm-hmm. away from this is uh, we, we haven't met any of the men that we mentioned. <laughs> no, no. They were long since dead before we came. Um, but we have a, a, a love for them and who they were because we read their books. And yeah. We read their life that mm-hmm. they put on pages. And it's a great way for young men to get to know these
0: guys. So, David, thanks for uh, for the time and for the conversation. Of course. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time. In the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.